Good morning and welcome to Skylark Church's Sunday Online. My name is Pete Sims and along with my incredible wife, I have the privilege and pleasure of heading up this amazing church. If you're joining us from our church family or from the network or from further afield, thanks for being with us today and we hope you do have a really brilliant morning. You know, over the course of my life, I have listened to hundreds, maybe thousands of messages in church and not all of them have I applied to my life. And so what I'm going to do is just to challenge you to remember what I spoke about last week. Can you remember? And now I'm going to see whether you've managed to apply any of it to your life. I spoke on perspective and on being connected, if you remember. Have you managed to lift your eyes to the hills to find some strength? Have you managed to lift your eyes and see God's bigger picture? How are you doing with connectedness? Do you still feel pretty isolated or have you managed to get connected to others or to God in a deeper way this week? You know, it's really important that we continue to apply the things that we learn to our lives. I try to do the same, so I'm joining with you in that one. Today we have another brilliant morning for you. We have kids resources available and if you scan the QR code now that's on the screen or look in the description below this video, you'll be able to click on that and to get the resources that you need for your kids today. We hope that they have a brilliant morning along with the rest of us grown-ups. Also, if you're watching this live, then straight after the service at 11 o'clock, we have a Connect Lounge. The link again is in the description below this video. It's a chance for you to plug in to the life of the church and meet some new people. So if you'd like to do that, do join us at 11 o'clock this morning. Without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Rach and the worship team. Contained. There's a shout that breaks through every 
In just a moment, we are going to have a chance to give financially into the life of the church. And I would love to say at this moment, thank you so much for your incredible generosity. Thank you for everything that you sow in that enables us to do so much in the church and out into the community and out into the wider world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're also going to get an update of what has been going on locally in the life of the church. But before we do either of those two things, we are going to be led in prayer this morning all the way from France. That's the beauty of technology. So Cherie St. James is going to lead us in our prayers today. Bonjour. Today I'd like to pray Psalm 23 over everyone. The Lord Jesus is our shepherd to feed, guide and shield us. We shall lack nothing. He makes us lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. Our Jesus leads us beside the still and restful waters. Our Jesus refreshes and restores our lives. He leads us in the paths of righteousness, not because we can earn it, but because of his name's sake. Yes, even though we will walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear or dread no evil. For Jesus, you are with us, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil. Our hearts are so full, they brim over with joy. Surely only goodness, mercy and unfailing love shall follow us all the days of our lives and through the length of our days. Your presence shall be our dwelling place. Amen. Be blessed. Have a lovely sun Sunday. <laughs> Au revoir. I love the fact that as a church, we partner with Kintsugi Hope. They are working tirelessly at the moment to help people with their mental and emotional health and well-being, which is so vital during these lockdown times. As a church, we've run a few Kintsugi Hope groups and they have been really, really successful. And we're pleased to say we have another one starting on the 24th of February at 7.30 p.m. The course will run for 12 weeks. If you'd like to be involved, then please contact Mike and Anne Lees on the link below and get yourself signed up. Spaces go quickly, so do act fast if you would like to be part of that course.
Also coming up later on this month, on the 27th of Feb at 10am, we have our next Teach. It's a chance for us to dive deeper and study things together and this time we're going to be looking at what is truth. If you'd like to be part of that conversation and part of that study then why don't you check out the link below or go to skylarkchurch.com forward slash teach to get yourself signed up. The final thing I need to do this morning is to introduce our speaker. She's a great friend of ours. We love Yaz so much. She is authentic. She is passionate. She is fired up for things of the kingdom. She loves God and she loves people so much. What she brings today, I know, will be straight from the Father's heart and it will be impactful if we allow it to change our hearts and our lives. So why don't we get ready to receive from Yaz this morning? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day that you may be watching. We are excited that you are here with us. Just want to honour our wonderful senior leaders, Pete and Nikki Sims, for just giving me this space to share. It's always a huge honour and privilege to share what God has laid on my heart. And so, guys, we just want to honour you. We love you. You rock. And we are so grateful for you guys and for all that you're doing and the way that you are loving and leading us so beautifully. Why don't we take a moment to just pray before we get into the word? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your plans for us are good and they are, your word is true. Lord, we thank you that you are loving, kind, faithful, hope-filled and generous with your love. God, we just pray this morning that you would mould us and shape us to be who you want us to be. Lord, right now we just lay our own agendas and desires down and we pick up what you want for us, God. Heavenly Father, I ask that you, I would decrease and that you would increase over us this morning. Lord, let us pick out something new. Let us have a new revelation of who you are this morning as we read your word and as we um, shape and mould and grow together. We love you, Lord. We just honour who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, who could believe it? Here we are almost a year into what seems like a forever lockdown. And who knew that the church would leave the building last March and that we would still be here? Uh, some days have felt like an eternity, other days have whizzed past, but hey, that's the nature of what it is, right? And we are all here just growing and going together and standing faith-filled, strong and secure, full of hope. And if you're not feeling like that this morning, I'm feeling it for you. And so believe that I have been praying for you and I will continue to pray for you. Now, I don't know about you, but over this past year, I've often felt the noise uh, very loudly of opinions and strategies and the right way of doing things and how to breathe and our thought processes and how to be connected and then not be connected and how to engage and then how to healthily disengage and how to look after all different things. And at times, I would say, I found this pretty overwhelming. I felt like bombarded some days with this. And then you watch, depending on what social media channels that you're on, and some leaders with their thoughts and their choices and then their subsequent actions in various situations. Sometimes it's just left me feeling a bit disappointed. And during this period of time, I've really had this deep desire to intently listen out for what God says. What is Jesus's voice saying above 
all of the noise. Sometimes it's been very difficult to hear that and sometimes it's been really painful too. And a lot of our friends aren't Christian. So in FANI as well, we've, our friends are from all different places and my family are not Christians yet. And it's, you know, we've got a big mishmash of lots of people from all different walks of life, different faith backgrounds, different cultures. And you know what's important is that we need to be able to all just find a way of going through life together. Sometimes it gets messy. Sometimes our opinions differ. Even FANI don't always have the same opinion. But what is really Really healthy is that it is okay to disagree we don't all have to think the same thing and as I've been thinking and just sitting thinking about this word I've just really had this thing about humanity and how the I'm struck by the fact that humanity's ability to act or operate in hypocrisy sometimes it's knowingly and sometimes it's actually unknowingly I feel like God just wants to remind us today. He wants to tell us, don't be a hypocrite. So that's the title of my message, Don't Be a Hypocrite. And I've, you know, walked around a few times this week and said, don't be a hypocrite, Yasmin. So maybe you can replace my name with your name and just say that out loud this morning. Don't be a hypocrite or I don't want to be a hypocrite. Perhaps you're listening to me going, yeah, great. Thanks, Yasmin. I'm not a hypocrite, so I can just tune out of this message. But can I just encourage you to hold on, to hang on in there as we just journey through the text together? I'm going to be reading from Matthew 16, verses 5 to 12 in the Passion Translation. And the title of the text is The Hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 5 says, later, as Jesus and his disciples crossed over to the other side of Lake Galilee, the disciples realised they had forgotten to bring any loaves of bread. Jesus spoke up and said, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Thinking Jesus was scolding them over not bringing bread, they whispered among themselves. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, you have such little faith. Why are you arguing with one another about having no bread? Are you so slow to understand? Have you forgotten the miracle of feeding the 5,000 families and how each of you ended up with a basket full of fragments? And how seven loaves of bread fed 4,000 families with baskets left over? Don't you understand? I'm not talking about bread, but I'm warning you to avoid the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then finally, they realised he wasn't talking about yeast found in bread, but the error of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So I'm going to set the scene here. Perhaps you're new to faith this morning. Perhaps you've just become a Christian. You're just exploring the idea, perhaps, of Christianity. Maybe you've been a Christian for a very long time, but context is key. And so we're going to set the scene this morning. So Jesus has just performed two miracles by the Sea of Galilee, feeding 5,000 and then a separate feeding of 4,000. They didn't have enough food and the disciples and Jesus, they multiplied the food to feed all of these people. His disciples have been with him every step of the way and they have seen both of those miracles take place with their own eyes, okay? So not secondhand, firsthand, they were there to witness it for themselves. Jesus, in the text before Matthew 16, uh, at verse 5, in Matthew 16, but the text before um, verse 5, Jesus also had been pressured by the Pharisees and Sadducees to prove himself. They're like, you know what? Come on, Jesus. All these signs and wonders. You want to say who you are? Like, let's see who you really are. And again, 
I love Jesus's self-assurance. He's like, you know what? I've got nothing to prove. I really don't need to prove myself to you. His assurance of his identity. And again, for those of you who may be new to faith or just starting out, the Pharisees are a religious group of people. They're kind of like your finger pointing, head tipping, eye rolling, attitude giving people that quite frankly, I don't want to be friends with. In the New Testament, they were very much seen as a religious and political group attempting to influence government leaders and stirring up people to carry out their political agenda. They may have been seen, they also may have been seen as a social movement as they looked to change the way that Jews lived. They acted very much on their shared and collective beliefs and they lived a life that was very much set apart from society at the time. They lived intently by the scribed text. They believed in the afterlife and they also acknowledged the oral tradition equally as important as the written word of God. Okay, so that's the Pharisees. Then you've got the Sadducees who were absolutely also a religious group. They were probably even more so conservative in their views. The main difference to the Pharisees is that they didn't believe in the afterlife. So they believed that the soul perished at death and they couldn't conceive the idea of the resurrection of the dead. They were often wealthy and aristocratic and often concerned with more with uh, politics rather than Jesus and his teachings. Possibly in modern day, they may be your atheists or those who believe in earth-based and spiritual teachings and energies. So here we are, chapter 16, verse 5. Later in the day, it says that Jesus and his disciples, they've now crossed over to the other side of the Lake of Galilee. And the text said the disciples realised that they had forgotten to bring any loaves of bread. I mean, you wouldn't want to be those guys, would you? You wouldn't want to be those guys in that moment. You know when you get somewhere and you realise, oh, I've forgotten that thing. I, for I left it on the side, I forgot to pick it up. Or you're in the car driving and you're quite far away maybe from home or wherever you were and you're heading to a location and you think, I, there's no way I can bring that thing. There's no way I can get that thing. I don't know about you, but when that happens to me, I start getting like cold sweats. Um, I start beating myself up. I lay all this guilt over myself, start the negative real chat internally, 180 million reasons why it shouldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. Why did it happen? All of that goes like, in my head it's just a big ball of like fuzz and emotion and then you know I just sit there wallowing in the guilt see one year I started uh, working for the church so the first year that Zach had gone to school I started working for the church in May and Zach started school in the September and you know it's busy job I'd been the office manager at the time and um, very busy job you know we had events back then and we could meet as a church and all of those things and it was I loved it but it was very full-on it was go 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 and so Zach started school in the September and in the December was Christmas jumper day so we're driving to school as usual I drive around the bend and I see all of these children excitedly um, running into school they're like skipping and then I look at you know some of the kids that have got their coats unzipped and I realize oh my goodness I've forgotten Christmas jumper day and you know when you've forgotten something it's probably pretty major you get I don't know about you but I get like this like ooh, like I feel a bit sick and so then I had to swallow that kind of like big gulp of just air that made me realize that I'd failed and forgotten it and missed the mark and all of that 
I took Zach into school and his little face, his hands, you know, I'm holding his hand and his little face like, mummy, um, I forgot my, we forgot my Christmas jumper. We didn't forget, I forgot, right? And so I was like, I know, darling, I'm really sorry. I will go home and I'll pick it up. I'll drop it into the office and then we will, you know, and then you can enjoy the day. I got into the car and I sobbed my heart out. Like, you know, like hyster like there, it was just not a pretty sight. I was hysterical because I didn't have much to remember in that. Well, I did, but that was an important thing to remember. And I remember driving home, I'm such a failure, God, and you know, all of this. And I went home, got the Christmas jumper, drove it back to school, dropped it off, and Zach had a great day. I, on the other hand, drove into the office hysterically crying. And Leslie, when I got in, Leslie Kemp, you know, who's part of the incredible staff team, was like, what's the matter? And I said, I forgot it was Christmas jumper day, and I'm such a terrible mother. And she'd spent a, a long while working in schools, and she said, I can assure you that you're not the first, and you won't be the last and I was like but he's gonna be scarred by this forever and that I felt severe guilt in fact as I'm talking I can actually feel my heart having a little wobble because I, I, I remember the pain of that moment I can see myself driving along hysterically crying but you know as Effa and I have been married for almost, uh, let me just get this right, 11 and a half years we've been married and we've been together for almost 15 years. And one of the things that he's always consistently told me because he's lived up close and personal to me, he's like, babe, we're human, we forget things, we, we do things wrong, we make mistakes, we say sorry, we move on, we fail. Like, you know, he's always seen that I've held myself to a really, really high regard. And as I was reading the text, the first thing that struck me about not being a hypocrite is that we just must acknowledge our humanity. We are human beings. We make mistakes. We are not perfect. We are broken and wandering through this life, trying to make it work without really knowing how to make it work. And you see, when we live from that perspective, we can appreciate the friend that we have in Jesus, the one who loves us, who cares for us, who has compassion beyond measure for us, the one who walks with us, who is present in the most, in the darkest of times, when our soul, when our heart is at its lowest. He is there, present, up close and personal, closer than a friend present 24 7 365 day in day out when you're awake when you're asleep ever present even when you don't feel it he's there he's our friend and he wants to be with us and do the journey with us so i've just been thinking can you imagine in that moment Jesus' team, his guys that rocking around him, that assist him in his ministry, that are there with him, watching him perform wonders and signs and tell the most incredible parables, do the most incredible you know, healings and teachings. That wasn't really the kind of person that you want to be making a mistake for. I would have loved to have been there to see his reaction to see who broke out, which disciple broke out into a sweat and what, who, who's going to play the blame game? Who's going to say, hands up, it wasn't me, it wasn't my responsibility. They were with the Messiah, the Holy One. And they forgot the bread. They forgot the bread. You know what makes me even more comfortable in this story? 
is that Jesus understands what it's like to be around people like me, like you, like us, who in our humanity, we fail and we get things wrong. See, over the years, I've been committed to dealing with some of my own insecurities and the issues that I have faced and the unhealthy patterns of behaviour and thought processes. I know for me, making a mistake for me takes me back to being little Yasmin, who never wanted to upset the balance in my family as my parents went through a very traumatic and difficult divorce. And for me, it was just, I just needed to keep the peace. I just wanted to do everything I can and could to keep the peace. And so for me, I had kind of, I suppose, made an agreement or formed a habit that good doesn't make mistakes. Good doesn't make mistakes. Imagine forming that habit at like nine, eight, nine, ten years old. And that had been the seed for a really, some really un unhealthy and unrealistic expectations of myself as a wife, a mother, a friend, a parent, a daughter, sister, leader, whatever hat I wear. So I always found it at the beginning of my faith journey so easy to acknowledge, you know what, I haven't got this down, I don't know what I'm doing, I need someone bigger, someone better, someone greater than myself. So I always found that kind of perspective shift quite an easy thing to take hold of. But perhaps life has been pretty easy for you. Perhaps you've not really had any external trauma or faced any trauma at all or difficulty in life. I just want you to hang on there with me as we continue to journey through this message. Let's take a look at what a hypocrite is defined as. A person who pretends to have virtues, morals or religious beliefs or principles that he or she does not actually possess, especially a person whose actions belie stated beliefs. A person who feigns some desirable or publicly approved attitude, especially one whose private life, opinions or statements belie his or her public statements. Interesting. Can we see ourselves in any of that, that description? More importantly, do we want to see ourselves in this? Jesus then gives the, the disciples a warning. Jesus spoke up and said, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Just a few chapters before, in Matthew 13, 33, we hear Jesus give the parable of the yeast that talks about heaven's kingdom realm, being kneaded into dough that makes it grow and increase. Talking about the Jesus power, the Holy Spirit that enables us within us. So it's the Holy Spirit, the Jesus power within us that enables us to grow and to change. And then subsequently bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's what we do as Skylarks. We connect heaven and earth. That's our mandate. Me and you, that as we evolve and God shapes us, the idea is that we should make the world a better, brighter, lighter, happier, more loving, kind, compassionate, empathetic place. And then he talks about the yeast of the religious folk. It is often said that what we consume determines the way we live. What feeds our thoughts, our feelings, what we feed our body, what conversations we have, what we allow our eyes and ears to see and to hear. You see, actually, the heart of the Pharisees is not necessarily wrong. They often get painted in an extremely negative light, as I even did just a few moments ago. But they were passionate about living to the letter of the scribed text, the scribed holy text. And so in their pursuit, of adhering to the rules and regulations, 
it is possible that the lack of Holy Spirit means that there is just a lack or there is little or no love and compassion surrounding those rules. Therefore, there's more of a sense that, okay, well, we're set apart and we know we, the way to live. So because it's not um, clothed in love and compassion and grace, it's like, well, we know what we're talking about. We live by the law. And so then there's that element of we know better. And that's where the kind of head tipping, eye rolling, attitude giving, finger pointing um, attitudes come in. But the next couple of verses in verse seven and eight, as we read them, are especially enlightening, especially when it gets to the part that says knowing their thoughts. Should we just pause there for a moment? Verse seven says, thinking, thinking Jesus was scolding them over not bringing the bread, they whispered among themselves. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, you have such little faith. Why are you arguing with one another about having no bread? Point two, to help us not be a hypocrite, Jesus knows our thoughts. It's interesting, isn't it, living in the age of technology. There are so many positives and developments. The ability to feel connected, to attend weddings, to be able to log in and be connected to a funeral, to sing happy birthday, to speak to friends and family on the other side of the world, world to gain information at a pace that we have never been able to do so before, to have virtual parties and celebrations, and to just be able to see each other's faces, which we mean, you know, we know at this, at this stage and having walked through what we've walked through is a really important thing. It's the best we've got right now. But then there's the really unhealthy negative side to it, where everyone has their right to the freedom of speech and align their agreeers up. Yeah, all their friends, all their follow, the people they follow, everyone that agrees with them. They sit with people that share the same viewpoint. As I've been praying over these warning words that Jesus spoke, I do believe wholeheartedly that the yeast from the Sadducees and the Pharisees is to do with what we inhale, it's to do with what we take in. Because the enemy is there just waiting at every moment to have a little niggle, to, to just get into our thoughts and to just kind of chip away at them. Jesus himself knows our thoughts. We've seen it, haven't we, highlighted more than ever before in this past year. You see, our thoughts become things whether we like it or not. They become our unbiased prejudices. They become the articles we share that, or that we forward or we post on emails or social media. They become the people we are or aren't willing to engage with. They become the history we are or aren't willing to defend. They are the reason, dare I say it, that some of us feel very strongly about slavery statues. They become the people we follow on social media so that we can use the praise hand or the fire emoji on what they post because it makes us feel comfortable that our values are aligned. Our thoughts become the things that form our habits and so much more. For me personally, I know that when I haven't spent time praying or worshipping or reading the word, I feel overwhelmed so much more easily. It's harder to keep hope alive for the various situations that I may be dealing with and praying for. I have less tolerance for things. My attitude and language doesn't always line up in the way that I would want it to. 
Our thoughts, our mind, our body and actions often are key indicators to tell us. But we've got to be prepared to allow ourselves to see these indicators, to acknowledge them and to then most importantly reset and go again. We can come to the word having not picked it up for a while. If that's you this morning, pick up your word, get into God's word. If you haven't picked it up for a while, God's not condemning you. We can crank up the worship and immerse ourselves in the presence without a second thought. We can sit and converse with God even if it's just tears. He knows and he understands what they represent. He's your daddy and he knows everything about you. This week, our life group started the Pete Gregg's uh, How to Pray course. And it was a great first session. And he talked about how his son, uh, you know, in their toddler years, how his sons would draw things and they would come into the room and they'd say, Daddy, Daddy, look at this. And they would, look what I write, Daddy, look what I write. And they would come in and show him and they would expect him to understand. And he would have a big discussion about that with them and I can really relate to that because having a toddler, um, Soraya, she loves to draw and she's very creative like her older brothers and sister, like her older brother and sister and so we're doing that probably most days in our house and he talks about the fact that God doesn't need you to come to him with the most articulate words. He doesn't need you to come to him with the best language. He doesn't need to even you to bring your requests. He understands you. You're his kid and it doesn't have to be articulate and full flowy. It just needs to be real and he just wants to have a conversation with you. Groans and smiles, tears and silence. He understands. You're his kid. He loves you. So if you haven't picked up your Bible or opened up your Bible app, if you haven't played worship, and if you've struggled or you've dismissed prayer, which quite frankly will be the most important conversation that you have every single day, don't guilt yourself out of staying away. Acknowledge your humanity. Recognise that he knows your thoughts and dive in anyway. His heart bursts as it always does and you will feel refreshed in a way that only the presence of God can do. Finally, as I come to a close, in order to continue on the journey of don't be a hypocrite, don't forget his miracles and always learn the lesson, big and small. It keeps us humble, it keeps us connected, it keeps us loving, it keeps us needing Jesus. Verse 9 says, are you so slow to understand? Have you forgotten the miracle of feeding the 5,000 families and how each of you ended up with a basket full of fragments? And how seven loaves of bread fed 4,000 families with baskets left over? Don't you understand? I'm not talking about the bread, but I'm warning you to avoid the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then finally, they realised he wasn't talking about the yeast found in bread but the error of the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The disciples had been with Jesus. They'd seen the miracle of how the food was multiplied. There was leftovers. They'd seen it with their own eyes. I often think that the longer we stay with something, the easier it is to become familiar, right? So FA and I, like I said a moment ago, have been married for 11 and a half years and almost 15 years together. It's easy to think, well, 
we've been married for you know quite some time we've got this down we know what we're doing marriage okay yeah we've got it we know what we're doing but the truth is we haven't and if we want to keep living and growing exciting and developing and we have to commit to learning about each other as the journey unfolds and as we grow and as we adapt and as we change as individuals in the various seasons of life when different things happen they change and they mold us it's the same with our faith journey the, the the longer we walk with Jesus the easier it is to become accustomed to another leader's viewpoint or an opinion or a political viewpoint because we grow familiar and we grow complacent there's a saying that F.A. and I often use, and it says that familiarity breeds contempt. It means that extensive knowledge or closeness to someone or something leads to really a loss of respect for them or it. I love to tell the story of how F.A. and I got together in the early days of our relationship and what God did in those beginning days, because the miracles were so great. And honestly, to recount and to recall the endless miracles that God did in the toughest of situations and all that he has done throughout our journey in so many ways, in the big and the small, is humbling. It makes you remember, it makes you want Jesus to be your friend. It makes you realise how good, strong, faithful God is to us. The past two years have been exceptionally hard for our family in so many ways. As a couple of years ago, FA was very unexpectedly made redundant. And God, we just felt God leading us on this very pretty crazy, if I'm honest, adventure. And it's been incredible and exhilarating, but it's also been desperately hard and very exhausting with three children and a big mortgage to pay. But it's been astounding, honestly, and humbling to be able to receive that love, to acknowledge the love that God really has for us. And then how it extends out across not just our church, but people who we've been connected with outside of church and school parents and all different things like that. It's just been amazing. Some of you have been praying and lifting our arms up and some of you have also been the answers to some of our prayers. And so we just want to say we love you and we thank you. We are so so, so grateful to you. You see, it provides a different type of foundation knowing that God's great big hands are there to catch us in every single moment. See, the miracles are catalysts for change. And so they enable us to perhaps get some rid of some of maybe the pride that might be lurking around. Maybe we need to be reminded of the wonder of Jesus. Maybe we need to reread some of these stories and have something new revealed to us. Sometimes we might even need to unfollow someone that we might have held in very high regard, just because perhaps their opinion has taken up a louder and larger space than Jesus's over our lives. Maybe we might be willing to engage with someone that we weren't otherwise willing to engage with. You see, Letting love and compassion and kindness and empathy grow wherever we are means that we have to invite the Holy Spirit in at all times to trim the edges and miracles help us to do that and to see that. So this week, let's be reminded of our humanity. Let's acknowledge and be reminded that Jesus already knows our thoughts. And 
let's keep recalling and recounting his miracles because it keeps us more humble and less hypocritical. And that, my friends, is a great place to be. Why don't we just take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it's alive and active and it goes to work. Lord, we thank you for um, just your grace, your love, your kindness and compassion towards us. And God, I pray that whatever has landed, Lord God, that Lord, that it would be land on good soil, Lord, that it would take root in our hearts and that we would grow and develop and flourish and change because that is what you've called us to be. Your Holy Spirit is a change agent. And so God, we just say yes and amen to all of those things. Lord, I pray for anyone specifically this morning who may maybe just be starting out on their faith journey. God, I pray that they would um, just experience your love and your tangible presence, Lord. I pray that you would be with everyone this week, up close and personal. Lord, would you, you're close to the brokenhearted. You help to root our hearts and anchor our souls in hope. Lord, would you do that this week? We love you, Jesus. We, we just declare the goodness of God over our lives. We pray blessings, abundant blessings over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Look forward to seeing you very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. We are now coming into land, but before we go, I've got a couple of things I'd like to say to you. The first is the reminder that straight after this service, if you're watching live, at 11 o'clock we have the Connect Lounge. Please do click on the link below to get plugged in. Secondly, next week we are replacing the normal message on Sunday morning with an interview with me and Nikki with Brent Phillips, who is the CEO of Cherish Uganda, an incredible organisation that was birthed from Skylark Church and Skylark International many years ago. We're really excited to catch up and find out what the fresh vision is and what is going on over there in Cherish. So we'll find out about that next Sunday morning. You won't want to miss it. That is all we have time for today. We are finished. I do hope that you have a fantastic week and we'll see you as soon as we can. Take care and God bless. Mm -hmm.